You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio family, on this holy Thursday morning. Welcome and blessed Triduum to everyone. We're back here with our last segment of Real Presence Radio. It's gone quickly this morning, and we're really pleased, Amanda and I are really pleased to bring in Father Dwight Longnecker, a priest um, down in Greenville, South Carolina. He's coming to us from from way down there, Father, from, from way down there, which seems like a long ways from here. But welcome on this Holy Thursday, and thanks for making time for us this morning. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. We want to get into it and, and talk a little bit first. Just if you if you'll just and, and you've been on our on our show up here before, but just if you'd introduce yourself to our listening family um, here around the the Midwest area. Yeah, I was brought up in an evangelical Protestant family and uh, became at college became an Anglican and went to England to study for the ministry of the Church of England, where I was ordained and served for about fifteen years before coming into full communion with the Catholic Church. Uh, and then I uh, stayed in England, where I was married uh, with uh, a couple of children uh, and worked for 10 years for a Catholic charity and wrote some books and articles. And then the door opened for me to return to the U.S. to be ordained as a Catholic priest under the pastoral provision, the special provision for married uh, former uh, Protestant clergy. And I now serve as the pastor of Our Lady of the Rosary Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful. You have a... I'm sure a long journey and a very storied journey and and I think that's what we want to talk about here in in your book The Way of the Wilderness Warrior Uh, that's the title you had indicated it just came out this year Father tell us a little bit about your book yeah um, I had been wanting to write a book on the um, Catholic spirituality I'm a Benedictine oblate which means I follow the the Lord Jesus in the path of St. Benedict Uh, and uh there were various different approaches as I did my research on books on spirituality. One is obviously books written by saints on the spiritual path, people like St. Um, Therese of Avila uh, and, um, uh, you know, the, the ways of St. Francis, the rule of St. Benedict. Um, mm-hmm. And these uh, are spiritual masterpieces on the spiritual life. And then there are the other books which are written about the spiritual path, but by men and women who are obviously not claiming to be saints, uh, and are writing, basically referencing the other spiritual works of people like St. Therese um, um, and St. Uh, Therese of Avila and so forth and so on. Uh, and I found those rather dry because they were kind of like anthologies of spirituality. So there was another sort of uh, tradition, and that is uh, in which someone discusses the spiritual path with a spiritual master maybe uh, a monk or a hermit or someone who is uh, an acknowledged master. And so I, I took that path, and my book is a kind of, is a fictional book about a young uh, a college student who uh, goes on the adventure, the spiritual adventure, and finds a, uh, a Benedictine monk, hermit, who instructs him in the spiritual path. I love that, um, that concept of this, this novelized version, right, of a spiritual journey, because... As you said, there's lots of different books out there, right, about spirituality and the spiritual life, but some of them um, can be kind of hard to engage, right, of uh, at, at a certain level or, or to apply. And um, as a as a person myself who likes to read fiction, realistic fiction, that, I, I love that. 
Good, and also there's some of those books by the spiritual, by the saints themselves are worthy, but they're, of course, conditioned by the context of their time and their period and their culture. Mm -hmm. St. Therese, a French girl of the 19th century, uh, St. Francis de Sales, for instance, um, a bishop in Europe in the 17th century, and so these different um, time periods and uh, cultures put a certain amount of constraint and context onto their writings, which we have to sort of cope with in the modern age. Yes, that's, that is, uh, that's very true of what you're saying, Father. Um, and so tell us just a little bit more. I was reading about um, kind of the, the, the backstory, so to speak, or the, uh, the format of the book. So tell our, our listeners a little bit about what they can expect in, in this The Way of the Wilderness Warrior uh, novel that you have written. Well, nine college students encounter an inner-city priest called Father Lawrence Roper, and he challenges them to go on a unique uh, spiritual adventure. He gives each one of them uh, someone to go and meet, a spiritual mentor, someone to go and meet, help them to understand the path, the, the step-by-step journey. And one of the things I, I did when I left the Anglican ministry was I trained as a scriptwriter, and so this brought me across the work of Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist, and his work on the hero's quest. And so I integrated the 12-step hero's quest uh, into a 12-step plan for spiritual growth, and so integrated uh, the writings of some of the great Catholic spiritual masters and sort of conflated them with uh, the 12-stage hero's quest of Joseph Campbell. And so these nine students then go out and meet uh, nine different mentors who help them in that, and the story follows the path of one of these students, uh, Austin Fairfax, who goes and meets, a, as I said, a Benedictine monk who instructs him on these 12 step, this 12-step plan of the spiritual journey. Father, you, you, you talk a little bit in the story of different spiritual masters, uh, different spiritual traditions. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts behind that and, and why you chose kind of what you did to format that story? Yeah, um, I... And myself, as I said, a Benedictine oblate, and so I'm very attracted and inspired by the rule of St. Benedict and written a couple of books on the rule of St. Benedict. And so this provides the basic format or structure. Uh, Austin, the hero, goes to a Benedictine monastery and meets a Benedictine monk who instructs him. But, of course, the Benedictine path is just one among many, and the Benedictine monk, um, Father Elred, helps him to understand how the other paths and the other spiritual writings actually um, come together uh, and form a unified whole in this spiritual path. Beautiful. And so he, touch, he, he touches on uh, Carmelite spirituality, Franciscan spirituality, Benedictine spirituality, uh, and illuminates all of them to show how they actually complement one another rather than contradicting one another. Father, that's, you know, you're hitting on something. I think that's... Uh, Maybe we, we kind of glaze over it maybe sometimes in our faith, but we've got all these different types of spiritualities uh, in, in, in our church. And they're all very different, but have common roots and common places and common threads. And I think uh, never, never meant to be at odds with one another. In your own story of, of coming into the church, 
did you find that was it the Benedictine spirituality that spoke to you the most in your own personal journey? Where other was it? Was it a combination of different things that that brought you in? How would you kind of relate that to our listeners? And and if if we have a listener out there that's like, gosh, I just don't know anything about some of these different spiritualities, where would you point them to go to learn to to maybe grow a little bit in their knowledge of that? Well, the uh, Benedictine path is very important to me because when I was in college here in the U.S., uh, I met a Benedictine oblate, a laywoman, who just evidenced for me a very practical, down-to-earth spirituality, uh, something which had great depth to it but wasn't flashy or wasn't sort of particularly sort of intellectual in any way. It was just a very practical way of living out her Catholic faith. And this then led to my own, uh, she recommended me to go on retreat at Benedictine Monastery, which I did, and eventually learned more about the Benedictine way. So I would encourage readers um, to begin uh, looking into the Benedictine path of spirituality, as I think it's a very approachable and very practical way forward. Um, On my website, there are a couple of books that I've written about this, one called Benedictine Therese, which combines Benedictine with... um, the spirituality of St. Therese of Lisieux, but also there's plenty of of other literature about the Benedictine way out there, which I would recommend for people. Wonderful. Father, can you uh, give us your website, just because you just mentioned that? We'll we'll come back to that again, but for our listeners who might want to look that up, because I love that title. Yeah, the title uh, is available on my website. It's called St. Benedict and St. Therese, The Little Rule and the Little Way. Uh, And the other book I wrote was called Listen, My Son, which applies the rule of St. Benedict for families. So uh, fathers and mothers might be interested in reading that. That book is good because it also includes the day-by-day reading of the entire rule of St. Benedict and uh, has, is a commentary on the rule. Mm, beautiful. And where can listeners find, what is your website, Father? What's that address? Yeah, the website is just DwightLongenecker.com, and there's a bookstore there where they can investigate some of these things. Okay. Yeah. So for our listeners, uh, Dwight Longnecker.com. So D W I G H T for Dwight and then L O N G N E C K E R dot. You missed you missed an E in there. Oh, I missed an E. Ah, thank you. Thanks, Father. Thank you for that. Okay. We've got a typo here. So uh, <laughs> okay. listeners can uh, check check that out and check out Father's book. So we're talking uh, with him about The Way of the Wilderness Warrior, which is his newest book, but other uh, titles on your website. Uh, I was on there yesterday looking at uh, some of those things as well. So Father, before we go to break here, talk about this most recent book, who would you suggest, like who would be the audience, the age range uh, for this Wilderness Warrior book? Well, I hope that high school and college students who are searching for the, the, the way to follow the Lord will find it helpful, because uh, the hero is actually a college-age student. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should, draw, it should um, attract the college-age student in all of us. I use the college-age student as the hero because uh, at that stage in our life, most of us are searching for our vocation, searching for our spouse, searching for the way to follow the Lord, searching for the meaning of life, and I think that's... Um, that brings out the, the college-age student in all of us. Yeah, I love that applicability, as, as you were talking about, um, that when we're really searching for that during that. And um, our, our first guest this morning was uh, someone who works at a Newman Center uh, in, in South Dakota here, and, and we were discussing, too, of how formative 
those years are, right? And that pivotal of, of having that encounter with Christ, that personal encounter. So uh, I love that appeal to that age range. But as you said to the, to the college student in all of us, you know, that we can relate to that time and, uh, and hopefully that we're always continually searching um, to have that further relationship with Christ. So uh, listeners, don't go away. We're going to take a quick break. We are joined this morning by Father Dwight Longnecker from Greenville, South Carolina, talking about his book, The Way of the Wilderness Warrior. Uh, we will be right back after this short break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Pope John XXIII called for a new Pentecost in our day. Just as the first Pentecost was the foundation for the first missionary impetus of the Church, so the new Pentecost is the foundation for the new evangelization, the renewed missionary effort of the body of Christ. In fact, the new evangelization cannot happen without a new Pentecost. But to live a new Pentecost is to play with fire because evangelization is about true salvation. It is not about the easy and cultural acceptable path of enrichment. Our God is a holy and awesome God who requires our holiness and trust. Only through life in the Holy Spirit can we model the kingdom and be true missionaries. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio family. I just had to pick up Amanda off the floor because we we just uh, were visiting in the break with Father about his weather in South Carolina, and we're Midwesterners, and Father said, approaching 80 today, and then Amanda <laughs> fell off her chair because she said, oh my gosh, I think degrees. it was 8 here this morning, Father, eight, 8 degrees Fahrenheit above zero. We're still having winter up here, so it's like we have to come visit you, oh, I think yes, that's what we decided. For sure. We want to bring it back in, Father, and, and talk about what inspired you to write a, a novelized version of your own spiritual journey. What, what, uh, what stirred in your heart to go, yep, this is the right way to approach it. We want to elaborate on that a little bit more. Well, I wouldn't say that this is a novelized version of my own journey, okay? <laughs> it's very easy 
when reading fiction to imagine that the author is always writing about his own life. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fiction, the author makes stuff up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> true, true statement. So, but I, I used, them, of course, the research that I was doing, and I, I was a bit stuck on this book because I was initially uh, contemplating an ordinary nonfiction book. Um, but the more I explored and did the research, the more I thought, well, books on spirituality, like I said in the first segment, were written by saints. That's not me. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Or they're written by uh, good writers who do research and write about what the saints have written. And mm -hmm. that, as I said, I found to be a rather dry approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I came across uh, in my research the... Uh, book on friendship by St. Elred of Rivo, who was a Benedictine abbot in the Middle Ages in England, and he uses a dialogue format in which he is discussing friendship and discussing these principles um, with a couple of other monks. And that started to appeal to me, and then, of course, uh, I came across the dialogues of St. Gregory, where he used the same approach. He used the kind of Socratic method or a discussion method or conversational method about this. Um, and uh, this research also then led me to some of the uh, writings of the Desert Fathers when they use a kind of uh, discussion approach or dialogue approach. I thought this is, this is a much better, much more accessible way of talking about these abstract and difficult issues. But the modern way to do this uh, would be to put in a novelized form or fictional form. And so my hero, Austin, as I explained, goes to a monastery and he meets a, uh, an eccentric monk who engages him in this dialogue format. And it is through this method that I use, therefore, to uh, relate these, these principles and these, this, this teaching about the spiritual path. One person who read it gave me a critique about it. He said, it's not really a very good novel. And he gave a, a novel, a critique based on the principles of good fiction. And I agreed with him and said, you know, I wasn't really trying to write a great novel. I was trying to write a book on the spiritual path and using the novelized form as a way to do that. So people who are looking for the great American novel uh, will be disappointed, but I hope that those <laughs> who are looking for an, an outline or a teaching on the spiritual path might, might find it approachable. Uh, Father, you mentioned uh, some of the research you had done in, in the individuals, and um, Father Elred is a spiritual guide in the book, and so I heard you mention someone of that similar name. So is are the, the key kind of players in the book like the spiritual guide based on uh, real characters, or, or what was your inspiration there? No, I think any fiction writer... Um obviously draws his characters from life, but he doesn't necessarily copy people. Mm -hmm. um, I've got into a little bit of trouble because some of the characters' names are identifiable as people in my life. Um, <laughs> but, but it's pure coincidence, okay? We must never draw too much um, from a fiction writer's life and say, this. oh, obviously this person who also mm -hmm. has a big nose must be so-and-so <laughs> in his life, yeah. okay? <laughs> That's not the, really the way. That's not really the way it works, and so it's always a danger to do that. Um, but yes, Father El, Father Elred Looney um, is the uh, hermit monk in my story, and Father El, and uh, uh, Elred of Rivo is a Benedictine monk from um, Rivo Abbey in England in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. But this really is not basing my character on Elred of Rivo. It's simply based in the Benedictine tradition of taking monastic names from great Benedictine saints. Sure. St. Elred of Rivo is a great, great Benedictine saint, so it just so happens that my monk has that name, that Benedictine name, that's all. Got it. 
Father, we also, uh, as, as we were visiting over break, and Amanda and I are curious too, can you tell us more about the 12 Stages Heroes Quest? That, that whole concept, that phrase when you used it, I thought, what is that? And we probably have listeners too that, that, are, that really piqued their interest. you want to elaborate on that for us? Yeah, Joseph Campbell was a writer who um, analyzed all the great stories from human culture. And he came up with the idea that there is really one story to rule them all, and it's called the monomyth. And that one story is the hero's quest. And I think it's very approachable because Joseph Campbell's writings were very influential with people like George Lucas, who developed the Star Wars story and the, and the um, Indiana Jones movies. And the hero's quest, therefore, uh, Campbell sort of delineated into having 10 or 12 different stages. And these are all variable, and of course they're adjustable according to the different stories. But some of the key points which come out time and time again is that the hero finds himself in his ordinary world, which is his comfort zone, which is a, a life filled with his assumptions, with how he views life, which has been he's been taught. And that comfort zone is something that the hero has to leave <clears throat> in order to go on the quest. Uh, and this is typically a time in young adulthood when we, we begin to assess and analyze our, the assumptions of the world that we've been brought up in, and we ask, begin to ask some questions. Mm -hmm. And we go out onto this quest into the um, great world of adventure. And so the hero leaves his ordinary world into the world of adventure. He encounters a mentor who guides him step by step. He takes a step of faith in which he begins to go to leave the ordinary world for good and embark on this, this great quest. And so I've compared this to the spiritual quest, and Father Elred Looney helps Austin Fairfax, my hero, to understand these 12 stages and to prepare for the longer journey. Wow. That's really fascinating, Father. It I've is. never heard of that before, and I'm, I'm uh, really interested in, in looking into more of that. So uh, could you give our listeners some, like, if, if we want to know more about the 12 stages of the Hero's Quest, in addition to uh, reading your book, which outlines that, where else could they go to learn more about that? Well, Joseph Campbell's... Um, uh, quite famous sort of classic text on this is called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, uh, and in which he, it's quite an academic and quite a, quite a scholarly book, but it analyzes um, myths and stories from many different cultures and shows how the hero's quest is kind of a template or a basic um, outline of, the, of the great, all the great stories. Uh, and of course, this hero's quest would be applicable to the great Bible stories, the great Bible heroes, um, and applicable in a way to the gospel itself. Wonderful. Wow. It's brand new to me, Father. I just, yeah, I, I really applaud you, too, for, um, yeah, for, for just uh, delving into this whole idea of how can, I, um, how can I bring the beauty of our spiritual life to, to readers in a really accessible format. And, and, and two, I appreciate, and Amanda, will, Amanda does as well, I know, because we have children of this age, Father, the target audience of your book, mm -hmm. that high school, college age student, we both have children of that age. So I, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're going to have to. Yeah, I look forward also, to re reading that. Yeah. Yes, but also with the Hero's Quest, it, 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 it connects with people who have actually um, connected with some of these great movies and some of these great yeah, stories yeah. In, our cult in our culture. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very important part of American culture. I would say Indiana Jones, Star Wars, I mean, all those. Yeah, I love that. 
Yeah. I love that. Well, dear listeners, uh, we've been visiting with Father Dwight Longnecker uh, talking about his newest book, The Way of the Wilderness Warrior. You can find this book and Father uh, Father's other titles at his website, DwightLongnecker.com. Father, thank you for being with us this morning uh, and blessings to you as we enter into the Triduum and the holy season of Easter. Thanks for the invitation. God bless you and all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, at, at this time, we're going to uh, send it back to the studio for a preview of what is coming up on Real Presence Radio. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Nathan Carr and Matt O'Reilly are your hosts, coming to you live from St. Paul's Newman Center in Fargo. They'll be speaking with Father James Cheney, the pastor of St. Paul's, about the building of the Newman Center and the Capitol Campaign. And Aaron Filzen and Fabiola Gonzalez, focus missionaries at NDSU, will be sharing about the importance of evangelization in our everyday lives. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Tuesday. Easter Tuesday. Easter Tuesday. We'll be on the other side of the trail. We'll tridum. be on the other yes, side of the trail. The other side of the veil. <laughs> uh, just uh, lots of great programming coming up, listeners. We hope that you can tune in to that. Um, I know, Kelly, the, the two hours always go so fast. We like just, it feels like we just started. Uh, and I hope, dear listeners, that you were as edified as I was this morning hearing about all the wonderful things mm. going on in our area and beyond, right? Just, totally. you know, uh, just all over in, in the great hope uh, for the church. And I think really these days uh, of, of the Triduum of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then as we enter into Easter Sunday and the Easter season is meant to bring us hope. Uh, right. Yes. Hope of new life. Yeah. Hope of spring. All hope these things. All the things. Yes. yes. And the reality that we, gosh, yeah, we're we're continuously being held up by our Lord, and how desperately we need Him. Yes. Yeah. So, dear listeners, uh, we we wish you both, Kelly and I, wish you a very blessed and holy mm. Triduum, mm. and a joyful Easter celebration. May you have a wonderful, beautiful encounter with our risen Lord. God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.